0: Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Bovada At Odds Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Everett, the head odds maker at BovadaSportsBook.com. He's the great Patrick Morrow. And Patrick, we are one away from our anniversary show. Can you believe this? The amount of episodes we have done. We've done once a week for literally 52 weeks. Actually, we skipped a week, and that's why this is probably the year, even though we've only done 51
1: you know, Seth, when I was first approached and they said, would you like to do a podcast about odds and sports betting? Uh, my first response was, who are you and how did you get this number? <laughs> and after that, uh, you know, I started to warm to it. And, uh, you know, uh, who'd have we'd be still doing this uh, this many weeks later? And I, I got to say, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, and you know what? Goodness gracious, is it nice to talk about football, real football, finally, NFL football, none of this NFL X stuff. And uh, it it is great, you know, let's put summer behind us, let's hunker down, let's get these games in, and uh, I'm just tickled pink.
0: think. Before we get to the games, I do want to acknowledge that this Saturday is the 20th anniversary of 9-11, and sports played such a vital role uh, in the recovery from 9-11. We all remember where we were, how we heard the news. Anyone who's listening, whether you're in the United States or not, uh, remembers that day. It was a historic day. Uh, there have been countless documentaries uh, <laughs> and I've gone down the rabbit hole. I've watched all of them, feels like at least. But uh, one of the things, because we do talk a lot of politics on this show because of the odds on Gavin Newsom and just the idea of uh, the presidential campaign was such a big thing for Bavada. But in the in the aftermath of 9/11, We were never more unified. Mm -hmm. And I watched a sports documentary about baseball's recovery 20 years later. And I was reliving that World Series. And I was at that World Series in person. And there were 56,000 people. And you know what you don't know? Who's a Republican and who's a Democrat? Mm -hmm. You don't know. And when President Bush throws out the first pitch and throws a perfect strike, and there's been the well-documented Derek Jeter pressure when he tells uh, th- th- there's a great story that I'll tell, because in 2001 uh, I was at the opening of what was then Miller Park, the Brewers home, and President Bush had to wear a bulletproof vest when he threw out the first pitch. President Bush was friends with Bud Selig. Bud Selig used to own the Brewers. And so pre- the president comes to Miller Park and throws the first pitch and he bounced it. And he was very nervous throwing out the first pitch at the World Series because of the symbol Mm -hmm. of being after 9-11. And Derek Jeter goes over because he went to throw warm-up tosses in he he wanted to uh, practice with the vest on because he didn't want to bounce it. And so he was planning to throw from between the pitcher's mound and home plate. And Derek Jeter's like, no, you have to stand on the mound, man. This is Yankee Stadium. They'll boo you. And he did. And then he, as they're leaving, Derek Jeter says to the president, Mr. President, I really hope you throw a strike. They will (laughs) boo you. (laughs) And so president Bush has already got all this stuff in his mind. (laughs) And and it's one of the things that it's, it's indelible, but as sports take over on the 11th and then the opening of the NFL season on the 12th, I just think that it's uh, ironic that it's the same weekend September 11th, 2001 was on a Tuesday and the sports world remember they shut down for a week uh, with the NFL baseball shut down for a week, but this week is going to be full speed ahead with sports crowds, all of it coming back. And I just hope the unification I hope that the memory of September 11th brings back a little bit of brotherhood because that's what we're lacking.
1: Absolutely. And you know what? It's, it's funny that you referenced uh, the Bush World Series, because I was that's immediately what I was thinking of uh, when you started uh, down that path. And you would hot, hot, hot spot right now, uh, Seth, what was Bush's peak approval rating, which I don't think many people on the left would believe could have been the case three, four months after September 11th?
0: I want to say it was 60 to 70 percent. 92 yeah, percent was
1: yeah. George Bush's peak yeah. approval rating yep. post September 11 post that World Series strike because it was iconic then you know yep. regardless of you know everything Again, that came after I didn't, 9/11, right. I didn't the vote didn't matter right that it was a matter. huge moment that's a moment that everyone remembers and I mean like uh, yeah left right who cares, we're, we're, we're not seeing that anytime soon. We're, we're lucky to see a president on either side of the aisle. The president hit, uh, would know, love to get 50.
0: 70%. Right. Yeah. A president yeah.
1: would love to get 50. We look at 50 we say, all right, he's, Oh man. So yeah, you know what? I, I do hope that, uh, you know, coming out the other side of COVID that we have some kind of return to something like that. And, you know, sports can be that great vehicle, that great unifier. And I, I've got to say, uh, you know, and I, and I said it last year when it came back as well, but, uh, I know I'm not a health expert, but seeing those packed stadiums on Saturday and oh, a lot it makes of makes so nervous it uh, makes me so nervous. It, it, it makes me nervous, but you know what? It makes me a little bit hopeful as well. you know, I might be but the uh, you stadiums know with romantic. the low vaccination
0: rates. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like if you have a state that has a high vaccination rate, okay, put a full stadium, but it's it that's what makes me nervous. Um, you want to hear a great uh, George Bush story? I would it's love to. Firsthand George Bush story. Uh, one of my highlights of my career, I have a, a photo hanging in my office of me meeting uh, President Bush when he was still in office. I met the president of the United States when he was in office uh, once, and it was George Bush. It was at the opening of the Washington National Stadium. And it was, so it was 2007, 2008. And we had gotten um, uh, screened by Secret Service. And so we were in this room and we were not allowed to leave. And he could come by any time between the third and the sixth inning. He was coming to an MLB booth because Hal Bodley, uh, who's now, I believe, retired. But Hal Bodley is a longtime baseball writer and covered Bush when he was the owner of the Texas Rangers. So he's trying to get an exclusive. And so even though I wasn't doing the interview, I was asked to be part of the, 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 the camp that was, that was there. And eventually, I think it's the fourth inning, he walks in. And uh, this is, again, I'll preface this by saying I didn't vote for him. I don't like the way he handled Katrina. OK, mm. there are a lot of things he shouldn't have uh, gone after Iraq the way he did. OK, uh, there, uh, there you, you want politics. You're absolved, Seth. You're Take absolved. it out. Take it out. I <laughs> loved meeting him. It was one sure. of the greatest experiences. And I'll tell you, he shook everybody's hand. And, you know, just shook everybody's hand. I, I thought that was amazing. Then. We're in like a semicircle. And he says, so you folks work for Major League Baseball? (laughs) And we're like, yep. (laughs) And he says, so that cheapskate, my friend Bud Selig signs your checks. (laughs) And we're all like, "Uh uh-huh. And then for some reason, I don't know why, but he looks to his right and he looks right at me. And he says, do they pay you a lot? And I said, actually, Mr. President, we should really talk about that. (laughs) And the whole group cracked up and. (laughs) And um, when that happened, um, then he took a photo and it was a White House photo, not our photo. Like we didn't have cameras like he he took the photo. And about ten days later, we got um, like priority mail, these envelopes with the photo and the picture signed, personalized and signed that we didn't ask for. And I have so I have a picture with Hal Bodley and the, the crew, the video guy, the, the cameraman, the producer, all these guys. And it's a picture with the president of the United States. And again, I didn't vote for him. It is a career highlight meeting George Bush.
1: Man, so that's uh Right when the Nationals Park opened, that's when you were at day hit? It was
0: the opening game. He threw out the first pitch for the opening game.
1: Yeah, I was just, I was just trying to think uh, when you were mentioning the pictures being taken. Yeah, we're still uh, far too early for selfies uh, happening around that time.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And and, and it's funny because uh, two years later, Barack Obama was the president, and it mm. was the All-Star Game in 09 at in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get to meet him, but my best friend, uh, Daryl Hamilton, the late great Daryl Hamilton, uh, did meet him, and it was like a highlight of his life. And um, that it, it was really, really neat. And um, that, w- yeah. that
1: was Obama wore the White Sox uh, jacket yes, for that toss, right? he wore the White
0: Sox thing at the 09 at the All-Star Game. And I didn't meet him personally, but he was, he was there. You know what I'm saying? Like he was in the same building. Um, mm-hmm. So it was close, but not the same. It's not the same. And the thing with Bush is the amazing part about it is that photo that they didn't have to do, you know what I mean? They don't owe it to us. They, there was no agreement made. Like that didn't have to happen. And what, what George Bush had was kindness and he was just a kind, nice guy. And I, you can be, yeah.
1: Americans like a personable president, Uh, you know, the, the politics stuff. Yeah. It matters. Policy matters and everything else. But, you know, I, I remember in the lead up to 2000, it was this idea. George Bush is the man that you'd love to have a beer with kind of thing, which is kind of ironic given uh, that he's, you know, a teetoler and older age. And Barack Obama was a cool guy. You know what I mean? Like he was, he was, he was almost too cool, but I, and then you look at, uh, you know, Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney might be a policy wonk, but he, he's kind of a boring guy. Hillary Clinton on the other side might be a policy wonk, probably the smartest person in the room in a lot of rooms, but kind of, you know, a, a boring candidate. And I think, you know more often than not, personality trumps uh, politics, and uh, you know, post 9 11, uh, you know, George Bush was it's fair to say beloved at least for those th- first three, four months. You know, for, he was for a three, symbol. four months,
0: right? Yeah, by yeah. the end, by the end, by, yeah, by
1: the but, end, right. not so much. Yeah, right. we can look at those approval ratings, and uh, you know, they look a little bit closer to what we see for most parties today, but uh, yeah, you know, sports is that great unifier, it's that you know, great distraction. Uh, you know, from a lot of society's ills. And uh, it's it's so great that, uh, you know, we can, I, I hope, be more op- even more optimistic for this fall in sports than we were uh, last year. Uh, you know, college football already right out of the gate with a much fuller schedule. Fans in the stands, again, we'll keep our fingers crossed that uh, everyone is staying safe and healthy. But, you know, the NFL, we don't have to worry about that as much. The players know what they've gotten into. We know what the COVID protocols are for these teams. The players that want to roll that dice uh, with their health status, their playing status in all these games, Everything's out in the open. We're not going to be looking at, uh, you know, New Orleans Saints Denver Bronco games where we're p- putting practice squad guys in at QB on Sunday. That's not happening this year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that's going to make our job as bookmakers a lot easier as well, Pavada. All
0: right. Let's, uh, let's take a look at some of these games. First, we'll do college. Then we'll do some NFL. Uh, that's what you came for. And let's start it off with this Saturday, the 20th anniversary of September 11th. That's what went down this rabbit hole. Uh, we'll start it off with a noon kickoff 9 a.m. for the folks in Oregon uh, who are watching this one on television. The number 11th ranked Ducks taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes.
1: Yes, yeah, that's really great game right out of the gate this Saturday. The Ohio State Buckeyes 14 and a half point favorites at Bavada right now. Uh, they did, uh, depending on what number you got last week against Minnesota, because they won by exactly 14 and that was between 13 and 14 and a half. So Always pays to line shop uh, when betting these games. And if you like a side, betting it earlier is probably safer than betting it later. Uh, looking back at this game now, Ohio State, like I said, fourteen half point favorites, about 60% of all betting action on them. Golden Gophers might have, uh, you know, exposed a little bit of cracks in that Ohio State team. But, uh, you know, Oregon, number 11 ranked. I, I love the Oregon Ducks because of how differently they do things. I miss uh, the Chip Kelly Oregon Ducks. But, you know, they still have a lot of that same kind of offensive ingenuity. And I I, I don't even know what kind of jerseys they're going to wear on Saturday. That's always fun with a team like that, Seth.
0: Yeah, they are always will. Uh, All right, uh, let's take a look at an in-state rivalry. Uh, For those of you who thought the Field of Dreams game was great, this is what they're coming to to watch in Ames, Iowa. Uh, Iowa State hosting Iowa. It's a close line, an evenly matched game. Let's tell me. Tell me about it.
1: The battle of Iowa, Iowa at Iowa State, uh, Iowa State currently four point favorites at Pavada right now, but uh, Iowa getting uh, the most amount of money on this game, about 70% of all bets uh, on the upset special. And uh, without even looking, well, I'm going to take a look now, but in my mind, I was thinking this is going to be one of the lower totals of the week. The total is 46 at Bavada right now, which is our lowest posted total of the week. We're seeing 50-50 action so far in the battle of Iowa Uh, You know what? Uh, Two good teams, two really well-ranked teams, uh, Iowa State number seven. And you know what? We talked about this last week. They may be the only team in the Big 12 that's able to play spoiler for Oklahoma. And I can buy into that a little bit more after how much trouble Oklahoma had with Tulane last week, only winning by five in a game that they had to sweat out very, very late. So, you know, Ohio State or Iowa State, pardon me, this could be their year. And I know the Big 12 would love to see a non-Oklahoma or Texas team take that crown with the latter two on their way out.
0: And one more college game before we get to the NFL, Uh, the Washington Huskies taking on the Michigan Wolverines. Oh my goodness. I have had personal issues with both those schools. Uh, I'm leaning toward Washington right now. Uh, My friends in Seattle, they're so excited. They're getting their Kraken soon. And uh, Washington, the the story about me in Washington, and why I had a bad experience, I'll tell it real fast. Uh, Rick Neuheisel. Rick Neuheisel was the coach at Colorado when I was in Colorado. And one time I got sent out to Boulder to cover the recruitment day. And originally the press conference was at three in the afternoon. And so I went out drinking the night before and got hammered. (laughs) And the next day I find out that the Colorado uh, move the press conference up five hours to 10 a.m. Oh my God,
1: no. Oh. Uh, see, you know what? Even at this age, if you give me till 3 p.m. the next day, then I yep. trust myself to I had a good on, plan, but...
0: right? I was a very responsible drinker. <laughs> and, right. and so I get to Boulder now for a 10 a.m. press conference and it's so boring. It's, you know, this guy, he's a, a, a wide receiver. I remember being in his living room. I talked to his parents. and he was, It was so boring. And I fell asleep. Oh. So fast forward about two years, and Rick Neuheisel gets named the coach at Washington. And it was ironic because I was on the air at KJR in Seattle, and I knew Rick Neuheisel because I had covered him in, in Colorado. And I just, I always had heard he was like a phony balloon. You know what I mean? Like he was a car salesman. And so I said that on, you know, I said my honest opinion without breaking down the X's and O's. I just, I I just didn't, I think you're getting like a snake oil salesman. And he heard it and he shows up at the studio the next day, recognizes me and makes a crack about, he says, well, at least you stayed awake for this one.
1: (laughs) Someone must have fed him that though, right? Or do you think he actually remembered you falling asleep in that? uh, I don't know.
0: I I don't know. But oh, my God, I was mortified. I was absolutely mortified. Anyway, Washington taking on Michigan. What say you? The actual odds
1: for this game, Uh, Michigan currently six and a half point favorites at Bovada over the number 20 ranked uh, Washington Huskies in this game. Uh, You know what? This is going to be two teams that are probably looking to uh, just improve their conference standing this year. And that's about it. Uh, We don't really have too high hopes based on our internal power rankings at Bovada. But uh, for the specific game itself, like I said, Michigan six and a half point favorites, about 80% of all bets on them so far. Not a lot of love for Rick Neuheisel with the Bovada Brass just yet over under sitting at 49 and about 55 percent of money on the under in this one. 8 p.m. ABC live betting all throughout. And uh, be sure to look out for player props in this one. All nationally televised college football games of Nevada this year, Seth, will have player props attached to them. Got to be honest, uh, still something we are figuring it out. So, probably a good shot for players to uh, take a peek at those because, uh, you know, game lines are one thing, player prop and trying to project uh, student athlete player performance, still something that we're struggling to uh, do with a high amount of efficacy. So uh, I'd say, take a look at those uh, for that one again, eight o'clock Saturday
0: night. Okay. The season is underway in the pros where they play for pay Uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers will raise their banner. Uh, for their championship, they host the first game it's Thursday night, national television audience. Uh, all right. First of many NFL games this year, Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Bucks are a heavy favorite, right? The
1: Bucs are currently up to eight point favorites at Pavada, stuff. They opened this uh, at minus seven as soon as the schedule came out. Actually dipped for a moment below six and sharp money now has pushed it over eight. It is the most bet on game of week one so far, which is not, uh, you know, too out of the ordinary for the season opener. We currently have 350 different prop bets up on the website just for this game, which, of course, will have live betting. Uh, But yeah, the Tampa Bay Bucks currently eight point favorites and about 80 percent of all bets on Tampa Bay in that one. So we will need uh Dak Prescott to, well, first of all, pass the COVID protocol uh, leading into Thursday's game. Uh, hopefully no hippas uh, coming our way, but yeah, we'll be cheering uh, pretty big for the Dallas Cowboys uh, right there on Thursday over under for that one. Seth sitting at 52 money split, pretty 50, 50 on that.
0: All right. Sunday, a full slate of games and we'll start it off in Indianapolis where the Colts and Carson Wentz taking on Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks.
1: Yeah, interesting little uh, 1 p.m. game there. Uh, You know, the Seahawks, uh, you know, they put up really strong offensive numbers last year but struggled defensively. Uh, You know, Russell Wilson, still, in my opinion, the most dynamic player. Well, oh, nope, I got to give myself a 1A and 1B because uh, Patrick Mahomes, I'd give it to him. And then Russell Wilson probably right there in terms of mobile, terrifying QBs to uh, watch out for because they can get you with their arm, they can get you with their legs. And both of them are so annoyingly good at the fake slide. And I'd like to see a little bit less of this going forward, especially because it's so difficult to hit the QB now and not get a penalty. And nobody is better than Mahomes and Russell Wilson when it comes to, all right, I'm going down. Ah, you know what? I'm going to actually get an extra 10, 15 yards. Horrible for defenders to try and uh, deal with that. But you know what? If you're betting on the Seahawks, you love it. In this specific game, the Seahawks, two and a half point road favorites over uh, the Indianapolis Colts and Carson Wentz. Another QB that, uh, you know, weirdly players need to focus on, you know, the COVID situation, the fact that he hasn't been vaccinated and the fact that you have to factor that in, that he might miss games this year, regardless of whether he uh, you know actually gets COVID or not because of the NFL protocols. So uh, you do need to be mindful that we actually have this game restricted for betting limits right now compared to the other games. So the limits are a little bit lower because these are games that we will have to, you know, watch out for and be mindful of, because if you lose a QB Seth and, you know, and some QBs hurt more than others, but generally speaking, it can be worth as much as four to seven points on the point spread. So that's flipping, you know, and with NFL games where most games are a spread of less than seven, you're talking about flipping outright favorites when these guys fail the COVID protocol. So something we'll have to watch for, not just this Sunday, but all season with QBs like Carson Wentz uh, over under for this game, sitting at 15, about 65% of all money on the over in this one.
0: One interesting uh, matchup, the battle of the two former Alabama co- quarterbacks Tua Tungavailoa of with the Miami Dolphins traveling to Foxborough to take on Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. What a great game. What a, what an intriguing matchup. I don't even like the Patriots.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? I, I always get grief for this because I'm not a Patriots fan, but I'm kind of a bill Belichick fan just because uh, as a sports better myself, yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, but I, I do appreciate outside of the cheating. He is someone that is still, uh, you know, as creative as it gets, someone that can constantly reinvent uh, how new England and the Patriots uh, look to find that success. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's uh, two former Alabama quarterbacks. Uh, Mac Jones uh, was awarded the starting role uh, just last week, uh, which was a surprise. We had uh, cam newton as the minus 400 favorite just uh, over a week ago to be the qb uh in week one for the patriots but mac jones came in that also saw his uh rookie of the year odds offensive rookie of the year odds drop from 10 to 1 at bovada all the way down to 4 to 1 as he'll now be getting uh obviously the lion's share of the reps this year uh there's no plan to filter in uh, cam newton cam newton is out it's mac jones's team Looking at the specific game, uh, the Patriots are currently three-point favorites at Bavada, taking 65% of all bets. Over-under is uh, a low one, 43 and a half. Again, both teams struggled to put up a lot of points last year. Patriots' defense, very strong. Likely what will carry them over the top in this one. But, a, yeah, a really interesting game in what is, again, a pretty wide-open AFC East this year, Seth.
0: And finally, Monday night football. There's only one game this week uh allegiance stadium will have fans in it for the first time and should be a really great site to sell that place is really neat uh the las vegas raiders hosting lamar jackson and the baltimore Ravens.
1: yeah the las vegas Raiders. when they first announced that they were uh moving the team to uh las las vegas uh from uh california you know my my father-in-law messaged me that night and he's like we gotta do a saturday unlv we gotta do a sunday vegas raiders and then well covid happened and uh oh you know Uh, I know, I know, but but, hey, listen, a lot lot, of things
0: to do in Vegas. That's what you want to do. I do football games. He loves going to college. I like
1: college games, I but I've been to a lot of college games. I don't want to go to UNLV. You know, I'm sure it's a lovely (laughs) school, but you know, they're, they're going to lose whoever they're playing against. Uh, but, you know, what? I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the new v- Vegas Raiders game. L- looking at the stadium last year, it looked pretty cool. Seeing it with fans will, you know, give us you know, a little bit better context for what to expect. But, you know what, I love that they're the opening Monday night game. You know, say what you will about the Davis family. And there's a lot to say about the Davis family, especially Al Davis himself, even though I don't like to speak too ill of the dead. But this is cool. This It's cool that, uh, you know, what he wanted to, you know, have all the fans in there to experience uh you know, what it was like in this brand new stadium, this brand new chapter in the franchise's history. But you know what? Let's get to the game itself, Seth. Ravens, four and a half point favorites in this one. Road favorites in the sole Monday Night Football game. In the past uh, few years, we've had double headers on Monday Night Football, but we're not doing it this year. Uh, we're seeing about 60% of all bets on the Ravens. You know, a tight game. Two teams that are hoping to take that step. The Raiders had a great start to the season last year, Seth, and then kind of faded out, which is you know, kind of a, a normal tradition for any kind of Raiders backers. They usually end the season with heartbreak more often than not. But uh, yeah, a, a really tight spread in this one. Again, four and a half. The over-under is sitting at 51 right now in this Monday Night Football game. Again, because it's Monday Night Football, I would say to players, you're going to be getting more player props. You're going to be getting more live betting options for this one. So if you don't like something yet, I guarantee by kickoff on Monday, you will.
0: It should be an interesting note, and we should tell you that there are odds on all the games, even if we don't talk about them on this podcast. But still, there's such a great amount of action uh, in both college and pro. It's some hundred something games, and it should be uh, absolutely uh, a really fun time. If you love American football, it's here, and there will not be a weekend without the NFL uh, until mid-February, and that's pretty wild.
1: Seth, we would need a 24-hour network to go through all the different betting options that we will have, not just in the NFL this week, but across the Bovada website. So uh, I'm, gr- I'm grateful that we're only having to talk about it for 30 minutes because I could, but I would have no time to do anything else. It is ridiculous, all the stuff we have up on the website. We are so excited for this upcoming football season and knock on wood that it's one that's even less interrupted than last year.
0: All right, that's Patrick Morrow, the head odds maker at Bovada. I'm Seth Everett. Thanks for listening to the Vivada At Odds podcast. This is episode 51. We'll see you next week.